This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and today with me, our guest is Shandell Varciana. She is the founder of Varsi Media. And what we're going to be talking about today is content. And you know, this is a big problem for so many people, especially in the mortgage and real estate spaces, because, and I noticed looking at your bio as well, which I'm going to share here in just a moment, that I say this all the time if you're selling to everybody, you're selling to nobody, right? And I noticed in your, in your information you sent to me that you said the same thing. Yeah, so it's really key that we're honing in on our niche and we're honing in to highlight and spotlight ourselves so that we can attract clients. So without further ado, let me share with everybody a little bit about you. You started in banking in 1998, right out of high school. For the next eight years, you worked in several positions, including some mortgage origination. But all of this was in Canada, kind of interesting. So you worked for the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, which is the equivalent of a PMI company here in the U.S. You got yeah. it. It's just federally part of the federal government in Canada. Yeah. Same yeah. So it's just like PMI there. And really what you worked on was helping people and the company itself, because I know you work with a lot of major companies in, in the United States as well, developing and improving their relationships with their clients. Now today you help financial institutions get more inbound inquiries by writing blog posts that convert. So let so welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to have you. Can't wait to talk about what you have. And I know you've got a lot of freebies for everybody, so we'll make sure we get yeah. all those links down there, you know, so everybody can get freebies on how to write blogs. So my first question is, because I don't understand it, right? Is it, and being a podcaster, you know, and having the longest running podcast for the mortgage space, period. Congratulations. Yeah, longest running. And we've done a lot of converting of the transcripts into a, I guess, a blog. Somebody does it for me, so I don't have anything to do with it. But mm -hmm. I don't really understand the difference between a blog. You know, a blog to me is like, and I'm an author, right? So it's writing, it's yes. all this writing. And I'll be honest, I don't read blogs ever. I don't, mm. at least I don't think mm -hmm. I do. So help us understand the difference between a blog and perhaps what someone might be doing when they're saying, hey, I'm going to do a post or I'm going to do a video, you know, to try to attract clients. Help us understand that aspect of it. 
So a blog is a post. So it's called blog post. Okay. So well, there you go. Just I'm done. I'm, fun fact of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so a blog is just a, a shorter version of that. Okay. And people will call blogs different things. Originally, blogs were people's personal diaries that they would put out on the internet. And yeah. then it kind of transformed itself once you know, SEO came about, Mm -hmm. then it transformed itself. And then businesses started to add blog posts on their websites and so forth. So people call them articles. Um, There's different names for it. Written content on your website. When we're talking about blog posts, it's written content on your website to attract visitors through search engine optimization. So through keywords that are added organically throughout the content. And then as people are searching for those, you know, your information will pop up, your blog post will pop up. So in a nutshell, that's the purpose of blog posts and why people post on their website. Post on their websites. Yeah. So I know that I have one. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And so we'll call it a blog post of my podcast because I know that my podcast company has said, you know, what kind of keywords do we need to be using? And we just had this conversation about some keywords uh, with one of my guests on my other podcast. Uh And uh, they said, you know, we have to include this in there because people are looking. I'm just dumbfounded by the fact that I don't go look for things. I don't feel like I'm looking for a blog post. I probably stumble on them because when I'm looking for some content, I probably Mm -hmm. stumble upon it, right? Would you agree? Yeah. Like if you, typically people won't look for a blog post, but they'll Google what are interest rates in Atlanta, Georgia, right? So if you talk about, if you write a post about interest rates in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're doing search engine optimization as well, then hopefully your blog post will end up on the first page of Google. Most people don't actually go to a website firsthand. They usually Google it or Bing or go on Bing. Right. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Cause I know I've obviously stumbled across tons of articles that I've used, you know, recently I was looking for some stats on, you know, workplace, what jobs have the highest risk of death, which sounds terrible, but I found that real estate and mortgage loan officers of the 10 top reason, you know, workplace environments that create death, we have three, working long Mm -hmm. hours, not being in control of our results and desk jockeying, sitting on the desk all day, right? So three out of the 10 that are going to cause that. So blogs are great because you learn from them. Mm -hmm. What is the purpose of most blogs, maybe you can share some facts with us, you know, some statistics with us on blogs. Are they mostly for entertainment? Are they for learning? Are they only for exposure and attracting clients? What are some of the reasons that someone would do a blog? So there's a bunch of different reasons and it depends on who your audience is. So different companies will blog for different reasons. For the most part, financial institutions are putting content out because they want to inform, they want to educate their target customer, uh, as well as their current audience, their current customers. So I always say it's best to put out content that is answering a question or solving a problem. So you want to know your audience extremely well and know what questions they have. The answers, you providing them the answers is what's providing value to them. So when somebody, so keywords are really questions that people are typing into Google. So that's really what keywords are in a nutshell. Uh, You just want to find out what the most commonly searched keywords are and then organically add that in your content. There is more to it. We are, the content writing is one component of search engine optimization. So there's more that's involved. Content writing is one component of that. 
And that's how the keywords fall into place. So you'll search something on Google. Typically, you're searching a question. You have a question and you're searching for it on Google and you're looking for the answer. Yeah. So, and you're not going to go to the 15th page of Google to find that answer. Right. You're going to probably no, or the second. The first three. Exactly. Or the no. second. You're going to, or the bottom of the first page. Right. You're going right. to, you're going to click the first few because our time is limited. And yeah. usually, and that's the other reason why you've got to attract people with your headline because people are, it's very rare that someone's going to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to schedule 30 minutes in my day just to read stuff on the internet. No, it's usually they are in a drive through <laughs> Right, at a restaurant, right. or you can be somewhere and you're waiting for someone to come, or you may just have five minutes. You know, now our kids aren't in school, but I mean, I would read things while I'm, you know, before I pick up my kids if I'm waiting for them to come out. So there's yeah. a short time frame that you have to capture people's attention. Yeah. And this is how social media also ties into this as well, because when you write blog posts, you'll take excerpts from the blog posts and add those to social media so that people will click back to your website. And then as you provide more value to your target audience, then you want them to subscribe to your content so that every time you publish new content, they'll get an email so they don't have to go searching for you anymore. So that's the whole purpose of content is to provide consistent value over a period of time to your target audience so that they will eventually give you their contact information, their email, so that every time you publish content, now you're getting in front of them. Yeah. And you're growing your database and that that increases opportunities for revenue. So yeah, so I have some questions about that too. So You know, one of the things that I've had to learn as a speaker, not from my mortgage days, and I wish I had known that, but as a speaker is that the problems that people have and the verbiage that they use, regardless of whether you feel like you're an expert or not, right? And so I thought, well, hey, for 35 years, I was in the mortgage space. I know what the problems are of loan officers, right? Because I've been one. I know the problems. Mm -hmm. But the words I use are quite different than the words they use right? I may have a more sophisticated way. I may have a more dumbed down way uh, than what the words they use. And I think, and I have proof of this because if I'm typing a question and I'm not getting an answer and I have to go to the third and fourth page, that Mm -hmm. means they're not using my terminology. Yes. So what are some some, uh, some of the suggestions that you have for people to identify the problems in the words that the clients have not the problems in the words that we think we need to deliver, especially with financial institutions, right? Like 10 mistakes homeowners make before applying for a loan is not the same as, should I pay off my collection before I talk to you? Yeah. Right? I mean, those are things that consumers are saying. So the verbiage comes from knowing your customers. Mm -hmm. Um, It comes from having relationships with your customer or having relationships with your target audience. Forms are really great to have build relationships with customers because if there's a mortgage forum and you as a marketer in a bank or credit union or wherever wants to get to know a specific demographic, then join those forums, find out what people are asking, find out how they're communicating so that you can communicate with them in the exact same way. Then what you'll want to do, and social media is also great for that as well because you can find out what people are asking, what people like. So it really comes down to building relationships with whoever it is you want to target, as well as your current database, and then matching what they are talking about with commonly searched keywords and write about that. You're mirroring. Now you understand your customer. You know what they're searching for on Google. Now you can create answers to those questions that they have, and you're being strategic because you're including 
keywords that they are searching for. Right. And then it's not just about the keywords though, because like you were saying, the verbiage needs to be there as well. That can only come from knowing your customer. If, if I don't know you, I won't really know what kind of verbiage you use because I don't talk to you. But right. if I'm talking to right. you on a basis, or if I'm in front of you all the time, or if I'm getting to know you, then we can create some type of relationship. And now I know, okay, you know what? Jen likes this. This is how she says this. So I'm going to communicate with Jen in this way. Yeah. So it resonates with her. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I do think that that's really important. You know, one of the things that I hear from loan officers all the time is, you know, I don't have any content. I just, it's content that stops me. I want to put stuff out there, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what the content is. And I have obviously some suggestions for them, but we'd like to hear what your expertise is. If I'm a realtor and I'm a loan officer, not a company, I'm just a regular realtor or loan officer, and I'm struggling with content, what are some suggestions that you have for us? You always have content if you're speaking with your target audience, always, because you will know what they want. So it's not, it doesn't start with content. It starts with the relationships. It really starts with getting in front of your target audience, wherever they are. If they are on LinkedIn, connect with them on LinkedIn, follow them, see what they're writing about, see what they're interested in and find some common ground. The content always comes from relationships. It's not even us as a company, the majority of our content comes from me talking to financial institutions. That's really what right. it comes. It doesn't come from, you know, me sitting down and thinking about what we should write about. It comes from having conversations with our target audience and with our current customers and following trends and seeing what is happening in the industry, what is happening in the market. How could I provide value in that way? So that's where people get stumped is they're thinking about what do my customers want to know? Just ask them or just right. get in front of them. Just find them and see right. what they're writing about. Go on forums and see what people are asking about. That is your bread and butter. That is where the content will come from. It's not rocket science. You don't have to be thinking. Because if you sit down and think about the content, it's probably not going to resonate with your target audience because you, what you're thinking about and what they want may be two completely different yeah. things. Just have yeah. it really down to relationships. Yeah. Okay. So I have some follow-up questions to that. One is you were talking about talk to them, find out what questions they have, create a relationship with them, you know, follow them, see what they like. What is the better process for this? Is it when, a, because what I usually tell my clients, you know, that I coach are, you know, when a client asks you a question, that's content. When they ask you a question, for the example, the one I just said is, should I pay off my collection before I come and talk to a lender, right? Yeah. So any question they ask, will I get my earnest money deposit back? That's content, right? So I think those questions and the exact way that they ask, not earnest money, EMD, our language, <laughs> we have a lot of acronyms, right? Not yeah. our language, you know, but am I going to get my deposit money back? Because that's the word that they use. So is that a better way is to, or, or maybe it's just all the ways, right? to capture and, you know, increase the awareness and put your antennas up. But when someone asks you a question, that becomes content. Or is it better to be asking them questions saying, what is it you want to know about getting a mortgage, about buying a house, which I think is just a natural process that people ask anyway, but, you know, writing those answers down and not just answering it for one person, but going out to the whole big bad world. Or so is it us asking those questions that, you know, retrieving their questions, or is it that when we're following them, 
what are we doing when we're following them? I guess I don't really understand what we're doing when we're following them. So if you could, you know, I know that was a loaded question, but if you could answer that, that would be really helpful for me too, because I don't really follow them. I follow them and see that they're asking questions, but those questions aren't questions I'm going to be answering as a coach. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, it's both actually. It's asking questions to your target audience as well as paying attention to the questions that they're asking you. Oftentimes your target audience may be asking questions on forums. So going on forums that are related to your specific industry and seeing if your target audience is there. If you go on mortgage forums and people are going to ask about mortgages. So paying attention to different forums, that's usually where people ask questions is on forums. Social media, they'll ask questions, but they will typically ask them with larger institutions that they've already built relationships with. So on their Facebook pages, for example, they may comment on something. So you can also find your target audience on other groups. Exactly. And join groups as well. Facebook groups are great groups to join within your industry because people really ask questions within the groups than just on Facebook because it's a little bit more secure. It's a little bit more private. You know, their information is not going all out there. So yeah, forums and groups are great places to find questions that your target audience is asking. So how do we find a forum? Reddit has great forums. You could just- Reddit? Reddit, yep. R-E-A-D-I-T? R-E-A-D-D-I-T. D-D-I-T, okay. R-E-A-D-D-I-T. I think it's R-E-D-D-I-T. Oh, okay. R-E-D-D-I-T.com. And so what we'll do is put the link there. So that is, um, so that would be a form. And I think the other one that's coming to mind is, it starts with a Q. Quora? Oh, Quora. 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 Would that be a good place? I have not. Quora is a great form. I I don't know a form if Quora is specific to the industry, but just Google. No, it probably isn't. No, but there's probably questions in there. Yeah. There may be. Okay, so that's what you mean by a forum. Yeah, is to go to some of those places. And I never heard of Reddit, so that's really cool. Um, Hopefully our listeners have never heard of it either, and that's a new new fun fact of the day. (laughs) And I would say just Google forums, Google mortgage forums. Okay. um, Google loan forums and Uh see what comes up. Facebook groups are also really, really good. Yeah. some information on uh, what your target audience wants. So I would definitely try Facebook groups as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really cool. Okay. So once we've done all that research, you know, we're ready to get started. I know that consistency is something that you talk about too, is that now what is, how are you going to do it? What's the schedule? So give us some ideas on what we need to be doing to make, to like, okay, now we've got all the information. Now what, what do we do? So consistency, there's not an exact science with exactly how many times you should post per day or per week in order to get this amount of traffic. It really comes down to, there's so many different variables that it comes down to. And consistency is not once a month. Keep in mind that... (laughs) Or what I used to do, which is random acts of marketing, right? Yeah, that's not really going to move the needle. Consistency to me is at least daily at a minimum daily. And content does not have to be all written. I mean, it could be video. You can just turn the iPhone on yourself and make a video giving somebody tip, giving your audience tip. It could be quotes. It could be something inspirational. It doesn't have to be, it could be something funny. So it doesn't have to be a 750 <laughs> word post. It doesn't right. have to be that. So I think That's what I thought when we first started is, oh no, boy, I have to write no. this thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. I know. I'm learning. I'm learning. It's all good. 
<laughs> yes, it could be a Facebook poll. That's a post. Yeah. You can just put a poll asking yeah. the audience, what do you think about this? Do you want information on this? It could be an article you share. Yeah. It could be something you read that you share. So post could be a variety of different things. It's just really you getting out there on a daily basis yeah. and just being consistent with your message. It could be this interview. Exactly. That's a post. It could be this well. interview. Yeah, oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I post them, but for those that are listening, you know, if you found something really cool in this and you have a bunch of realtors that you want to work with or you're a realtor and you have a lot of other referral partners you want to work with, it's great to share this type of a post because then you're saying, hey, I found this information on how you could get more bandwidth. Exactly. Yeah. So you're providing value to somebody that you're targeting. No question. Yeah, no question. Okay, so let's talk about niches. Yes. I'm a believer in niche to grow rich. I mean, it's okay, I say that, but really niching for me is how I can highlight and spotlight my expertise so that it's easier to refer to me because now I know what you do instead of kind of wondering what you do. So let's talk about how you post in your niche. What is some of the strategies there? So first you have to know who your niche is. Like, are yeah, you, no kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you focused on? Are you focused on first, are you focused on home buyers? Are you focused on, you know, people refinancing? What are you focused on? Because knowing your niche just makes it easier to write content for them. And it also yeah. makes it easier to find them because now you can just focus on, okay, I'm going to focus on home buyers between such and such an age in this particular area. Now it makes it a little bit easier to target them. And it also makes it easier on them because now they know, okay, this particular person is for me or is not for me. That's the reason why having a particular niche is great. Now, a lot of the clients we work with, they don't have niches because they work with a variety of different people. So what I say is you can still have a niche, but you may just have different kinds of niches. So you can have 10 different niches. The point is creating content for one niche at a time. So not speaking to five different segments of people within one piece of content. That's the purpose. So you can speak to different people, but categorize it into the different contents, the different pieces of content that you're putting out there. Yeah, I have a comment on that. I see a lot of realtors posting, if you know anybody who's buying or selling, please give me a call. Please Please write a note. I would love an introduction. Well, I don't know anybody. If you know as probably one of the worst ways to start things, you know, rather than who do you know, right? So that brings me to what is the best way to start a post, right? If you're doing a post to grab attention for your niche, is it a question? Is it attention first time home buyers? Or is it, are you a first time home buyer who's under 21 and lives in Seattle so that you can iron it down? Who lives in Seattle and has a really good credit score and has enough money down and is looking? I mean, do you go that far? What is the best way to grab attention with a post in your niche? All of those could be good depending on who your audience is. It really comes down to how does your audience relate to, because not everyone's going to relate to attention. I don't, I wouldn't relate to that. It really comes down to knowing your audience. The best way to grab their attention is to answer their questions and the headline, the answer to their, or I would say what you're going to be talking about needs to be apparent in the title so that they will click on it. So it's like Jeopardy, right? You're, you're answering the question. (laughs) Yes. You've got to be able to answer their question in the headline. Right. Um, Right. Obviously you're not going to be able to answer the entire question, but there needs to be the keyword in the headline of what you're going to be talking about so that they will click on it. So 
those examples that you gave can all work depending on who your audience is. There's not one specific answer because it really comes down to what will resonate with your audience. What current stuff are they reading? Check out those headlines. That's really, it's, I know it's hard because a lot of people want a specific answer, 10 ways, 10 quick ways that you could um, buy a home. People like list posts as well, but okay. it really comes down to your audience. Is your audience going to resonate with that? The other thing too is as you're putting out content, you should be paying attention to how many people are reading it because that will help and how are people engaging with it because yeah. that will help you to determine if the content that you're putting out is working. Because what's working, you'll want to keep on doing that. If it's not working, then you can switch things up a bit. So it's not a, I'll put out one piece today, and if it doesn't work, then you know maybe I won't put out any anymore. You've got to keep looking at the numbers. You've got to test different headlines, test different things to see what they work. The examples that you gave, you can test them because right. two may work and one may not work, or all of them will work, or maybe none of them will work. Right. So you've got to constantly be testing the content that you're putting out there to see if it's resonating with your customers. Look at the numbers, look at the stats to see what's happening with it. Because if nothing's happening with it over a period of time, you should change it. If you see some traction, then you want to keep going in that particular direction. So I'm going to ask you, I have two more questions for you. So, you know, when you post something, you know, like someone will say to me, I'll say, I don't know. I like we were on our boat this weekend, right? We were all floating in the water and they go, did you see that video that your daughter did? And I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't see the video that my own daughter did because I don't get notifications of everybody's post, right? And I'm following everybody, but I just don't get it or it's probably buried down in there. So when someone does a post and they don't get a lot of response, I mean, what is the likelihood that it's not the content? It's not the subject line or the attention grabber. It's just that people just didn't see it because it's just kind of buried down there. I mean, there's a lot of times my son will post things of my grandkids and I don't see it. I just don't see it. It doesn't come up. Yeah. It's not, you know, hey, Kirk posted something. So how do you weigh that and say, well, you know, who's seen it and who hasn't without going in and tagging your whole world, right? I'm going to force you to see this. Help me out with that because I don't really understand that. You know, if I post something and I don't get a lot of responses, it may be that it's a good post. It's just they didn't see it. So how do we weigh that? Okay, so social media posts and blog posts are two completely different things. So with blog posts, you can look at the Google Analytics to see how many people have gone on the page, how long they stayed on the page, did they do any click-throughs, things like that. Right. Track it that way. When it comes to social media posts, you can only really get detailed analytics if you're running Facebook ads. That will give you analytics. Or if you're doing some type of advertising on social media, then you can get more, more the engagement. Okay. Okay. Good. So I'm glad I asked that. <laughs> I'm glad. No, I'm totally glad I asked that question. I think that's super important. And I already forgot the other question, so I should have written it down, but I, I did. Yeah. There's a, there's a one, more, one, more, one more thing I'll mention too is like, if you post on LinkedIn, you can, LinkedIn will tell you how many views something gets, but social media engagement doesn't always convert to customers. Right. right. So right. with social media, you've got to the focus, if you're going to focus on social media, I would definitely pay attention to where your audience, because not all, your audience may not be on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. They may be right. just, if your audience, and for the most part, your audience may be on Facebook. If you're doing mortgages, if you're a loan officer, your Facebook would probably be a great place to continuously post. Um, but you've got to be adding people. Like if you're not going to pay for advertising, then you have to build your friends on Facebook because if they're not friends with you, they won't see your post at all. 
And then you also have to be making sure that you're posting things that are relevant to them or else when they go on Facebook, they're also not going to see what you post. So Facebook and social media is a little bit different than blog posts. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, you don't have well, control over who sees your stuff on social media. Yeah, and well, and I wanted I want to just kind of stay there for a second too on social media posting because you know I'm seeing an increase in emojis in posts. So yeah. what's your thought? I know, and so like fire and thumbs up and check this out and exclamation points and all kinds of stuff, you know, and I do it from a personal social thing, like, you know, excited to go on the boat and I'll put a sunshine in a boat, right? But on the business side of it, how is that affecting the visibility and how is that grabbing people's attention? And, and for those that are listening, is, is this something we need to be really considering adding to our posts? I don't have stats on the difference between posting with emojis and not posting with emojis. I do not have stats on that, so I wouldn't really be able to give you a concrete answer on that. But what I do know is that it's really scrolling purposes. As people are scrolling, a picture of a fire will pop out at them versus if there's no emojis at all. It's just, a it's just words, yeah. So, and the reason why I do it, it's really a personal preference. I know people that swear by not doing it, like do not put emojis. The reason why I do it is because I'm very expressive. So yeah. the emojis just help me to express myself a little bit more and it brings life more to what I'm talking about. That's the reason yeah. why I do it. If it's not you, then it's just not you. Always be true to who you are at the end of the day, especially when it comes to social media. It, authenticity is what will with your customers. So if it's not you, just don't do it. Like don't do it just because. If, especially if it's just not you. I'm very expressive. That's the reason yeah. why I, but in terms of stats, I don't know. No, I was just curious because I'm seeing more of it and it's actually catching my eye. That's why I'm asking this question because as I'm scrolling through, I'm stopping. Yeah. You know, I'm stopping for both the emojis and I'm stopping for video, you know, or yeah. I'm scrolling through cause I'm sick of seeing advertisements about videos. Yes. You know, ad videos. I don't mind story videos. I just can't stand the ads, <laughs> you know. But yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And I mean, it's okay. I just wanted to know, you know, what are some of the things that we could be doing, you know, and, and it's important, you know, for this podcast that people are, you know, engaged with this, with this type of conversation that they understand that social media is here to stay, like it or not, you have to get involved. You can't be so laissez-faire with it. The great Les Brown says, if you're casual about your business, you, your business will become a casualty. That's I don't true. want anyone's business to be a casualty. I want them to be very engaged with their business so that there's actionable items. So if we, and I know that one of your freebies is the ultimate blog content checklist, right? People like checklists. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really good. But tell us a little bit about what's in that so that people can click on that link in the show notes and go grab the content. Yeah. So it just covers um, things that you should be paying attention to when it comes to writing content. So really knowing your audience, answering their questions, is it formatted correctly? So having short sentences, short paragraphs, enough space, adding some uh, graphics in there so that when people are scrolling, it's not a long read. Uh, like when you it. open a book, there's different sections to it. Some people won't read a com you know, the 750 words that you may have written. Right. They may just go to a specific area that is for them. So having subheadings is really important as well. So it's just a checklist of things that you should add to make it easier. So when someone clicks on your information that they're actually going to read it. Excellent. Excellent. That's wonderful. Okay. What is the best way to get in touch with you? I'm on LinkedIn daily. So uh, Shondell Varciana is my handle on LinkedIn. 
you can go on my website, varsimedia.com slash contact. Um, I could be contacted there as well. But LinkedIn, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. And I just connected with you today. So please be sure to connect back so that I we sure can share this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I sure I, yeah. I usually do it like the day that we're you know, going to be interviewing so that we have your information. That sounds great. And again, thank you so much for the, the freebies. And I know we only talked about one, but you gave a couple of them. So we'll make sure that we have all those in there as well. So any parting thoughts that you want to give to anyone who's about ready to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take action. I know a little bit more. Jen asked some great questions because she didn't understand it either. I'm ready to get going. And any parting thoughts that you'd like to share with people that are starting to do this? Yes. Focus on relationships because that's where it starts. That's where it will continue. And um, especially as loan officers, you want to know where someone is starting today. And later on, are they going to be refinancing? Are they going to be selling and buying another home? So you want to follow their journey. And that only comes from having genuine relationships with people. And so you're them. saying to stalk people. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> are we all stalking people on social media? <laughs> Take one person and stalk them all the way. Yeah, stalk them from graduation of college all the way to home ownership and refinancing and buying more homes and having grandkids and their kids needing homes. Yeah, stalk them for years, years. Well, it's, just, it's so true though. And, and I'll, and I'll Quick, I'll just give you like a, a 10 second story, but we moved to Atlanta when we were six years ago and um, our real estate agent that we met, I met her actually when I was still in Canada and she helped us uh, buy our first home when we first moved here. And we're still friends to this day. And we just moved into the home that we're in now last year and use the exact same agent. Right. We've gone to the house for Christmas. She calls and follows up. She, I had two kids in the six years that we've been here. She knows their name. So it's about the relationships. And I'm yeah. not saying we gotta, you know, we don't talk every single day, but she will continuously get business from me simply because of the relationship that we have. Yeah. Like I wouldn't dare go to another agent because I would feel like, you know, you know, what about Chevis? Like I just feel right. we have such a great relationship that I wouldn't even think of going to someone else. Right. So that's and that's where everybody wants to be. You want to create that loyalty, you know, that people stay yeah. with you, you know, and that's that's part of what I call, you know, the infinity of business. You know, I think that we tend to really focus on I need leads and something closed, the business closed, whatever our business is, you know, I sold them some shoes and that's it. We don't think about the infinity piece of it is just making it happen over and over and over again. And that's that loyalty that, you know, happens with the relationship before, during and, and after. Yes. And the connections. So yeah. I've been friends to her now. So oh, yeah, it's, of course. It's also the connections that I have because of how she has made me feel and how she has treated me. The relationship is the number one. The leads will come once you have the relationship. Yeah. And that's, I think it's a really good point because as we were ending the, you know, ending this, this interview, I'm thinking, okay, so I have my content and I, now I got to, you know, I'm going to put some emojis in. I'm going to think about my whatever, but it really gets back to start with the relationship. Don't go crazy. Don't go take action and say, okay, now I'm ready to post because I know what to say and you know how to say it, but you don't really know that until you do a little bit of research. So I would say slow down to speed up. Don't speed up to slow down. Yes, definitely. definitely. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure, Shondell. Thank you so much for spending time with us here today. We really, really appreciate it. And I know that there's a lot of loan officers and realtors on this call that their companies could use your help as well. So please keep that in mind. You know, our listeners here is that if you like what you've heard, that Shondell works with the institution as well as the individual. So Get your company involved. If you don't like the way their website looks and they're not representing you well, then get your company involved and let her come in and help 
your company, which will in turn help you. So again, thank you so much, Shandell, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Okay, so that's it for this episode of Mortgage Lending Mastery. Don't forget, be part of our community. Go to mortgagelendingmastery.com and find out what it's like to be part of our community. Join our community so you can get additional information from all of our podcasts. Also get some tips from me on a weekly basis and hopefully one day we'll be working together as well. So thank you again for listening. And oh, by the way, don't forget to write us a review and give us a great rating. We want to continue to grow. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.